Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Nerd Switch podcast. My name is Dylan and joining me today is my good friend and fellow nerd, Jeremiah. Hello again, everybody. Also joining us today, back again for the second time, my fiance Brianna. Hello. So we just had ourselves a little trip to the movie theater to watch uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. So today we're just going to be reviewing that for you. Should be a nice, short and sweet episode unless we go off the rails, which we're pretty good at. So we'll see how it goes. We'll be, we'll be safe. <laughs> we'll be okay. But yeah, being the final movie in Phase 4, which we have previously kind of dogged on, we were curious to check it out and see if maybe the MCU Phase 4 closes out on a good note. Did they? Well, we're going to talk about it. So let's go ahead and flip the switch and dive into our review. Black Panther music. <laughs> so. <laughs> Black Panther, was it well, good? <laughs> well, let's get our summary of the movie out. Don't want to spoil anything in here. Yeah, first half of our review here, we're going to try and keep spoiler free for you guys if you want to go see it. We'll just give you a rundown on the uh, plot, what we think about it in general, what we liked without getting into anything too deep, and then we'll take some time to really dive into what we do and don't like in the context of spoiling the movie for you. But basically, following the events of The Last Black Panther, as well as everything that happened with the Avengers movies... The people of Wakanda fight to protect their home from intervening world powers as they mourn the death of King T'Challa. As everyone knows, Chadwick Boseman passed away before the, the movie could be filmed, so they progressed with it in the best way they could. Something we'll kind of talk about here is the tricky situation of trying to do a sequel when you have an intervening real-world event like that. So in general, uh, what did you guys think of the movie overall? I'll uh, start with you, Brianna. Oh. <laughs> Thank <laughs> I liked it. You know, I do agree some parts were a little unnecessary, like adding a whole new character just to start it up in a TV series. Mm -hmm. But I think that's so insignificant that I don't really take it as a huge negative effect to the whole movie entirely. But I liked it. The music score was my favorite part. I thought the it was music? amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love it. But I think my favorite part was the beginning. I thought having no music was so effective. Yeah. That little trivia at the beginning. I, I love that part. I do think it started off pretty strong. I liked the the opening funeral they had for King T'Challa. It is a little weird to have him the way they announced his passing at the beginning of the movie. You know, it's hard to explain something like that in a movie when it happened in real in real life. So it's gonna feel a little unnatural for the movie. But I feel like they're just kind of doing what they can to make it make sense for the film. The way I've the way I've kind of seen it is it's kind of like a memorabilia yeah. for him. It's to pass on a legacy. Right. To remember him by. Yeah, it just it makes it difficult for the movie cuz you know obviously they couldn't have had any time to set up him being sick, you know, King T'Challa within the MCU. But things being the way they are, they did what they could with it and I think it started off good. The movie for me kind of falls off the longer it goes on, and that's my main complaint is it's just really long. It's like almost three hours long, and I don't feel like it effectively used a lot of its runtime. Very true. Yeah. I only <laughs> missed like ten minutes of it, and I still feel like <laughs> I, I, I left and came back at the same thing almost. Right. Yeah, so so you you like it overall, though. You think it was a good time? I think so. I think it's a solid, at least on my top five from phase four. <laughs> yeah. It would be in my top five for phase four, but I feel like that's more of an insult to phase four than a compliment. Because <laughs> I, I feel like the movie's okay, but phase four, having an okay movie in phase four is like having a great movie, I guess. I don't know. I don't like a lot of phase four. <laughs> I thought they did pretty good with this one. I like this one. I yeah. like character development. Opposed to them just being like, I'm good at all times. Well, she actually had a struggle to deal with in real life and in movie. Yeah. So seeing that relate in her. 
Yeah, I do feel they like they used Shuri pretty well. You do get some good character growth from her. Because in the first Black Panther, she's very much more of like the comedic side character, like we've seen with a lot of others. Yeah. Yeah. She's this comedic techie, um, like not the, really out in the field, but... The guy I, in the chair for yeah. Black Panther, you know. Yeah, so you do get to see some good growth from her character, and I think she does a good job overall. Um, some things I wish she would have had a little bit more set up, because the movie does imply she's taking on the mantle of Black Panther. However, it's pretty clear, like, it's not something her character really wants in the movie until she's kind of, like, forced into it. And I would have liked to see a little bit more time for that to be set up, because there's some parts where it just leads into events that I feel don't set themselves up as well as they could. Yeah. But what about you, Jeremiah? Your general thoughts on it? I'll give you general thoughts. On the movie itself, it's okay. Um, like like we've kind of said, we've had a few things that we don't really see necessary. Definitely some story and plot just kind of felt targeted and angry towards other things. Yeah. Um, country Other countries are terrible. They want what they can't have, apparently, according to this movie. Yeah, we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but... For, like, story-wise, like, for basic looking at it, watching it, don't compare it, it's okay. I was able to enjoy watching it. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I do feel the movie is pretty okay. Looking at IMDb right now, it has a 7.3 out of 10 with a uh, 67 Metascore, which is probably about where I would put it in, like, the 7 range. i give it around a 6. Yeah. Jeremiah don't like it for reasons we'll talk about. (laughs) (laughs) You're about to get roasted. (laughs) Yeah, I think the performances were really good all around. I did like the music. It's a very visually uh, good-looking movie. Uh, Marvel, I think they're starting to come back with a lot of their visual effects because a lot of it did look pretty good compared to some of the movies we've seen recently. And, yeah, it's a solid time. Like, if you like Black Panther, if you're invested in the story enough to want to continue to see all of the MCU releases, it's probably worth watching just to get that information you would otherwise be missing. But, yeah, um, two okays and a good is not bad. So, that being said, let's go ahead and shift more towards the specifics here. But we're just going to dive into the things we really like about it, the things we don't like, but in doing so, we do have to kind of dive into the story a little more. So if you're interested in seeing it, go watch it if you'd like. It's it's okay. (laughs) But let's dive into some spoilers. So, Jeremiah, I will let you lead this because I know you have probably the most opinions on it. (laughs) What is it? I mean, me, I guess... I have a few. (laughs) (laughs) Should we start... With what you like the yeah, most? Yeah, I can go off of that. Um, I will definitely agree, like, character-wise, what they had to go off of. They did a great job. My one thing is, is the, like, the biggest intro to it is there were two possibilities for this movie. We have one of them. And they did the best they could. It did well for what they had. The other option would have been a recast. Of T'Challa. So to address where we're going with this, because obviously Chadwick Boseman being gone, you know, you have to watch the movie dance with the intricate situation of dealing with a real life death in a movie that is now missing its main character and dealing with a sequel directly following that where it's not set up. And yes, first option is they just weave it into the story as naturally as they can, which is what they tried to do here. And it works in some parts, it doesn't work as good in others, but, you know, a situation like that, it's not the movie's fault that he died. Yes, yeah, not at all. (laughs) That's never where I've gone with this. And it's not that I'm complaining, I'm not saying that, like, um, this movie is a bad example, because this is a great example of one of these options. Yeah. We will, like, I'm all, I've kind of always just been more curious on the what-ifs, on what would have happened if we would have had that recast. How would the story have played out then? Seeing mm. this movie, I'm wondering what would have changed? What would have yeah. done differently? I do think there would have definitely been a different approach to the story. I just I feel like they had to do something to try and tie it together. 
which I think they, for the most part, pulled off. But, I, yeah, like, looking at the second option, they could have just reach, recast T'Challa. I personally wouldn't be favorable to that decision just because Chadwick Boseman was so good in the role, and I think a lot of people hold him in pretty high praise as being one of the better characters brought to us from the MCU. So having him recast just would have been kind of a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people, I feel. But it mm. could have worked. Yeah. I mean, I come from an age of three different Hulks yeah. and <laughs> uh, tons of other characters, like over 12 different Batmans, you know. It, it happens. It, it goes through time, time after time. And yes, in this situation, with this movie in particular, it was a either-or decision. They went with this path. I'm debating on if this was the correct path, is my kind of point on this. Because where this is going now, that is a character that is now forever changed. We don't know exactly where they're going with Black Panther's character. Mm. Because that is no longer... like They didn't even really include him like that he was going to be there after Endgame. Right, because we 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 know he disappeared in Infin at the end of Infinity War. Five years had gone past. We really don't get to see a whole lot of their of their losses. Yeah, you and you don't get a lot of them in Infinity War or Endgame. Another thing that gets, I guess, another quick thing to like talk about for the in intro to the movie is not only are we five years later for. T'Challa all of a sudden passing away. Mm. Now we're going to jump another whole year. Yeah. So now we have six years of this whole like era of Wakanda and everything about them that we don't know anything that happened. It just kind of throws it out there. White, it it kind of felt like a, a wiped slate. That we're like, okay, we have... we. That's kind of why you, it's um, complicated to me that you say that a recast would have been kind of like a uh, an easy way out an easy way out I feel like that would have done a lot more to their story yeah I just I feel and like pick up where they left off rather than starting all over kind of like with what they did but what a slap in the face yeah I that's, would be pissed. that's my argument is like if they just recast him I feel like a lot of people would feel that Disney and the MCU was maybe being disingenuous with the situation. Well, especially since that's his character, you know, he right. is the Black Panther. Because the MCU has been really good at, like, making their characters fit into their roles. Like, mm -hmm. you, you can't imagine a different Iron Man or a different Captain America. Black Panther was getting there for me. And I, that's the thing, too, because that makes it even more complicated. Because Black Panther, one, cannot be compared to this movie now. Yeah. Because we're comparing a different, a completely, like, an actor that's no longer with us. Right. And I can't be like, oh, no, he did so much better. It's like, well, that was him. That was his character made for him. Mm -hmm. This new character wasn't. They were thrown the role. rather. They were kind of like how T'Challa be, became king. They were just past the role. Yeah, the one thing I think that does benefit the movie, at least, is that Black Panther even in the comics, has not been the same character the whole time. It's a mantle that's yes. filled in. So that's the one thing where the movie can maneuver around the situation. Yes. And is, that is so, like, that's another thing I've always wondered is like, what if with this other scenario, if they had recast, if it had been something that was passed down then, hmm. I feel like that would have been a better, like, better outcome. But you don't think they're building up to that, though, with Spoiler alert. Um, oh, we're, we're in the spoiler section. Uh, we're in the spoilers <laughs> now. We're <laughs> With his son finding out he has a son. Yeah. Very he, end of the credits, we see that he does have a son with... Uh, Nakia. Nakia. She's gorgeous. I almost didn't recognize her when we saw her at the school. Um, yeah, I kind of forgot who she was for a second. Then I remembered she was uh, T'Challa's like... Love, yeah, love like, I, I wasn't really sure. I was like, wait, who is this person? She looked, like, way different. Yeah. Well, she also had longer hair. Too. Yeah, the longer hair threw me off, <laughs> I guess, because I did not recognize her at all at first. And then when they finally said her name, I was like, oh, wait, that is her? <laughs> yeah, so you do get the introduction, or I guess the introduction to the idea that they did have a kid. So there is a technical Prince T'Challa in the MCU now. 
But you know, just to, how they conceive this child, I don't know. Well, you see, when a when a mommy and a daddy love each other very much, I guess bees. this would have. I get my guess is this would have happened right before. Um, it would have happened after Civil War, right before Infinity War. Yeah, that's my guess because, like we know, it's been six years, and this boy was actually six years old at the time. Yeah, so. My guess is is sh- they had already planned all of this, and he when he went to help Captain America for Infinity War, he had already told them to go to this their location, which I don't remember that name. It's he he Haiti Haiti is that what it is? Where Nokia was? Yeah, yeah, she was in Haiti. Haiti. So they they went to Haiti, and that is where she prepared that he might not come back, mm. and. Technically, he did. He was yeah. gone for five years. So I, I think it's implied that they knew he was sick. Because in the movie, they do establish his death as being a cause of a, some sort of disease, which mm-hmm. her, his sister is trying to cure at the beginning, right before he passes. And uh, so I think it's implied that, you know, he kind of knew, kind of like in real life, because Chadwick did know that he was kind of on his way out, unfortunately, with what he had. So I think the movie kind of uh, parallels that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's implied that they're setting him up for the idea that he might have to take over someday. But the movie very much focuses on Shuri uh, taking over the mantle in the meantime while they're dealing with the threat of Namor, who is the villain of the movie. And that that's kind of like the other thing, too, because with, um, with T'Challa dying, that died, that killed the Black Panther. And mm. that's another thing that if they had done a recast, would not have changed because they still would have had their protector. I think it would change a lot to the fans, though. Because, I mean, it's just so hard to handle a role like that over with the same title and everything. Well, that and, like, you know, the Black Panther, that is such, like, a symbolic thing now, you know. There's not a lot of um, African-American representation, especially in Marvel. But Mm. now, like, it's like... It's a symbolic movie. And, you know, just to recast, I, that's such a slap in the face, I think. And how awkward would it be to be filming and have to fill such big shoes? I don't think yeah. I would want to. Yeah, yeah. I, I never, I'm definitely not, like, demanding that he was recasted. There were a few. Like, I remember when this movie was first announced that I was seeing tons of people demanding a recast. Even a blacklist, this movie that was not even finished. That they wanted... T'Challa to stay alive. So yeah. I kind of agreed on that sense that, yes, I wanted this character alive. I didn't think that that Chadwick Boseman passing away would want his whole character to just be removed. Yeah. But it's not his character. Oh, well, I mean, it's just his name character. But the Black <laughs> Panther still lives on. Because, I mean, of course, she brought the... What's it called? The but flower. it wasn't until she brought the flower back. That the Black Panther could live on. <laughs> Say that five times fast. <laughs> I already forgot what I said. <laughs> yeah. Was it until she brought it back, brought the flower back, that Black Panther could live on? Yeah. And I like, that's one thing I did like. You Like you said, she had some real development from this, that she was, as we said, the tech in the chair. Mm-hmm. That she was not in the field, but this was her moment to get out and develop those skills and to experience it. And, and I get think, over her grief. And then I think that got great. Right. I wish she would have had some more time to kind of set up the idea instead of having it all take place like in the one movie. Even though I argued the runtime's too long, I don't know how they could have done it. Maybe hinting at it in another movie I mean, or I feel like but... she definitely didn't need another loss on her yeah. hands, which she got. And that's another thing I wasn't really a fan of is that... True. Her yeah, mother but... dies. Yeah, but real life doesn't work like that, you know? You can't just take a break. It, it'll come <laughs> out. It'll come at you one swing after another, you know? Yeah, she has a lot happen, and it's a lot of character growth that we have to absorb as the viewer at the same time. And I think the movie largely pulls it off. I do think she does a really good job in the role. She did great. And that's just a challenging thing to do in general, having to go from being a side character to the main character, lifting mm-hmm. the weight of the movie. Especially filling she was the shoes. A, she was a beloved character in the first movie. Yeah. And even towards the end, she had her own fighting style, and she even implemented that into her suit in the end. 
they broke, and then she had to use the normal fighting. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like they gave her enough, like, constant super soldier, super strength kind of style fighting. It was mostly, again, her tech. But that could be to be said that they didn't want to go that route for her character. They couldn't afford that style of editing or this was this style that they wanted to choose for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think overall... That and your bad guys were all super soldiers, super strength as well. Right. I would have liked to see maybe a different approach to her accepting the mantle because it did seem like she was kind of forced into it until she kind of budged a little bit. Like, you do get the really good scene where she goes to the afterlife and finds Killmonger there. That was a great scene. I really enjoyed that scene. Yeah, you would expect her to see her mom or dad, but because her, as a character, did not actually believe the afterlife, as we've said, she's very much tech-based, doesn't really follow in the tradition that's been established by a lot of her other family. Yeah, and that's kind of talked about, too, is that she just was a non-traditional person. A Mm -hmm. lot of the other uh wakandans were all like against her that she wasn't very traditional right so yeah i did like that scene it's michael b jordan's great and it was cool to see him back in that role even though it's pretty brief but you did pretty good i was proud of it for yeah i think maybe i just would have liked her taking on the mantle to be set up with just be a little more fleshed out i guess to where she's willing to do it for her people because it did feel very much motivated still by vengeance and stuff which she even understood. That's what she wanted this, was right. vengeance. And I feel like that's kind of where they took this story again, where it might have not have been that Yeah. had it been a different story. Right. I just traditionally, like, taking on the mantle of Black Panther is more for the people and for Wakanda. Mm-hmm. So I guess I would have liked to see her do it from that angle, but it makes sense the way they did it for the story. But yeah. <laughs> Overall. Although. The only reason we went into this direction of the story is that we all are terrible nations. We all just want to fight each other. Right. (laughs) Which, first thing we see in this again, Wakanda, in the first Black Panther movie, they announced that they have a great, powerful nation. And what does the other nations decide to do? Oh, let's send troops over there and, and... raid their supplies because they can't keep that to themselves yeah that's one thing i did kind of like because we we haven't talked about namor yet and we'll get to him a little more in detail but one question he does pose to the queen of wakanda is like you have this insanely powerful nation why did you reveal it to the world knowing that the nature of the world would be to seek your resources you know and that's one question i thought was actually pretty valid because i do resources are a big part of politics yeah (laughs) so it makes sense that you know someone who has this substance that could easily make you the most powerful nation would be sought out by foreign nations and it's something the movie does play with and i thought it worked i like it when they tie into some real world stuff if they can make it make sense just makes me hate my world a little more though you know our world sucks So yeah, that's kind of one of the driving points, but let's shift over and talk about some of the other main things here. We'll just, uh, no pun intended, let's dive into talking about Namor a little bit. Wow. (laughs) If you don't get it, it's because they're sea people. Yeah, he is the Aquaman of the MCU. (laughs) He's a little silly, but I think, uh... My thoughts on Namor is, overall, they did him pretty well. I did like his setup as a character, like how he became who he is with his people. It's uh, revealed that they had a vibranium resource underwater they found that they essentially used to... What was what was the point they made there? Like, what was the reason for them initially uh, drinking the plant thing? Oh, it was um, colonizers had come over to that oh, location right. and it, they brought the Spanish flu. Like that's, that's right. back when they brought disease and enslavement, basically. And they were sick and dying. They prayed to their god, at the, uh, one of their gods, and he answered the shaman and gave him a vision of the plant in the water. Mm-hmm. And 
in taking that plant, it turned them all into fish people. <laughs> yeah, it took, took away their ability to <laughs> breathe oxygen. They had to derive oxygen from the water, which led to them moving in, and Namor was just a... He was still... He wasn't even born at the time. He was still in the womb, yeah. and... Um, <laughs> and um, <laughs> <laughs> did I say it with too much H for you guys? You gotta sound really funky. There was phlegm there, or they should have been. <laughs> so, yeah, he's just a. He. he uh, was born after the mother had taken uh, the plant. Right. Which one thing that's kind of neat is it's implied that he's another mutant, mutant. in the MCU now. Because the one thing you know is um, he is the only one of the people that have pointed ears and the winged ankles. Which, I will side note, do not make sense from a physics standpoint because those would have to be some very strong wing muscles to fly him around like that. Look at the god Hermes. <laughs> he's not real. <laughs> but yeah, he's. I, I overall think Namor's a cool character and he works pretty well for the story. His motivations were a little dumb to me, but there's a lot of plot points in this movie that I thought were just kind of dumb. Not a lot of logic in the yeah. later half. Yeah. The other thing, too, is Namor wants to. Um, fight off like fight all nations he just wants to be the conquering nation he's like oh i'll team up with um wakanda right so what's what's revealed is there's this machine that was built that can detect vibranium by a 19 year old yeah (laughs) in grade school we'll get to her (laughs) but they find essentially part of the vibranium that links to like namor's whole kingdom and he doesn't want his people to be discovered and understood like the wakandans are so his, uh, like a result of his what is fear of that or whatever, is to go to Wakanda and ask them to help him basically just... Start a war yeah, just, with <laughs> the world. So you don't want to be discovered, but you want to go start a nationwide conflict with everyone. And it's just, I don't know, it yeah. didn't logically he, make a lot of sense. He's also then not logically thinking, oh wait, wasn't there like a dozen super strong people on that surface world? Hulk, you've got (laughs) Thor, which Thor is the protector of Earth. I guarantee he would come back. Mm. You've got the Guardians of the Galaxy, who would, again, protect Earth, because, wow, I can't think of Star-Lord's name. Uh, Peter Quill. Peter would definitely want to protect his home. He's already done it multiple times. So they're going to go start a war with the wrong people and instantly lose yeah yeah and it's even then when he goes to wakanda and the queen's like well no (laughs) he's like okay well then we'll kill all you guys too and it's just some of his motivations didn't seem well founded i guess Mm -hmm. it could make sense if they set it up better it just seemed kind of eh. (laughs) i also just didn't feel like they had the military power that they had from the first movie yeah, one line I actually quite liked was when Namor kind of threatens the queen and he's like, we have more soldiers than you do Blades of Grass in Wakanda, which I was like, that's a, that's a cool line. I believe it. <laughs> that is very interesting that they had such a large kingdom under the ocean, though. Yeah, they must have been populating like crazy down there. Well, I mean, which, <laughs> if you think about it, is gross <laughs> because they don't get no uh, foreigners. Oof. <laughs> hey, uncle, brother. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> yeah, a little gross. Yeah, what did uh, what did you think of Namor overall, Brianna? Did you like him or? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I After do, all of that, <laughs> you know, it's it's hard to say. I, his motivations were a bit wonky, mm. but I I am pretty sure that his character overall is supposed to be chaotic. Like, you aren't supposed to be suspecting what he actually wants to do. See, he didn't come across as, like, a typical crazy villain in the movie, though. They, I feel like they tried to take the Killmonger angle where they give him, like, a relatable uh, premise to go forth. Like, you know, protecting your people is a reasonable thing, but killing everyone outside of the water is not a 
such a reasonable way to go about doing it, I guess. But not basing it off the movie, I'm basing it off comic book. Yeah, that I don't know. I know absolutely nothing about comic book Namor. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I only kind of looked up a little bit of him, which he does look... He literally is kind of like a dark Aquaman. He just wants his own world. Mm. And where was he with Thanos? <laughs> Did they just, like, continue life as life was disappearing? You know, I feel like probably some of them disappeared, and he's just like, well... Okay. <laughs> That sucks for them. Yeah, that's the one problem with the MCU getting as big as it is, is it, there's just going to be more plot holes as they introduce new characters. It's like, okay, well, where were you when this happened at this point in time, you know? I disappeared for five years. <laughs> his whole his whole place. That's, 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 how, that's how we answer this. They all disappeared. Sure. <laughs> how unlucky. <laughs> they come back, they're still underwater. It's like... Huh, I don't remember this being this rusted or <laughs> they they go up to the surface. What? It's been five years? What the heck? So yeah, I think Namor is solid. I no nowhere near as good as Killmonger as a villain in my opinion. He was a fantastic villain. Yeah. And like I said, it is gonna be very hard to compare this movie to that one. Yeah, it is just such a difference. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> That's why it's hard. I can't really be like, oh, this was so well done in the first movie. It's like, well, that was a different character. <laughs> mm. And then another character we get introduced to in the movie. So we get a, our introduction to Ironheart, played by Dominique Thorne. Um, character, her name in the movie is Riri. But she is, she doesn't do a lot in the movie. It's What's revealed is that she's the one who designed the machine that can detect vibranium. And as a result, Namor wants to kill her because she made the machine, and then the CIA wants... Which, that's just a whole other thing. It's like, she they, they tell that she made this device. This device was made when she was in grade school for a science project. Right. And her science teacher was like, it'll never work, but she proved him wrong. Mm -hmm. Now, here's my question. When did the like CIA government officials... Take this device, not no like, not take this the girl, and they're just like, oh, we're gonna steal this device, use it for ourselves, right. and oh, some bad guys have taken our machine. Hey, you're gonna come and work for us now, whether you like it or not. I don't think it was even bad guys that took the machine because it no, was well, they didn't take it. It right. was the fish people that kind of broke it. Yeah, because it's it's revealed that um, Everett Ross the. Uh, I don't know Their favorite colonizer. <laughs> he was in a joint like operation to try and find vibranium because no one can get it from Wakanda. And so this leads to Namor rising up out of the ocean to stop the people from, you know, realizing they're there and taking their resources. And he got done dirty too. I just I don't as much as like Ironheart's a cool character, she's another fairly recent character that was done in the comics. I don't think she really needed to be in this movie. Are you good? Don't die. I'm good. Oh, you know how when like saliva goes down the wrong pipe. I'm fine. We're good. <laughs> I didn't notice until I heard you like. <laughs> I was like, are you okay? I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I just don't feel like she really needed to be in the movie. Like yeah. they they make her work in the movie, but. I don't know. Didn't feel necessary. I know it's largely to set her up for her TV show that's going to come through Disney+. Plus, But I don't think she really had to be there. It didn't... Yeah, Yeah, her character kind of just was extra going to the school, the police getting involved, going after a foreign royalty. <laughs> yeah, I think the better way to approach new characters... Like, because I like how Moon Knight did it. If they would have done her Moon show Knight's first yeah. and then tied her into a movie, I'd probably like it more. I just, I'm not a big fan of them introducing them in a movie and then giving them all their setup. Because, like, it's exciting to see a new character, but as a result of introducing her in this movie, you just don't know a lot about her and don't get the time to be interested in her as a character. Especially when it's so poorly done. Yeah, yeah. She, like, her character just didn't have a whole lot to do. Right. And her suit, like, again, she was literally making something that Tony Stark built in a cave. And she is 19 years old and copying that. Yeah. 
Like, if you're going to make a character like that, you need to give them more detail. Because that character then should have been doing something else. Yeah, entirely. which I'm sure they'll do in her show. Just like I said, I wish they would kind of reverse how they're introducing Although they them. don't get let her keep the suit, so yeah. <laughs> it'll be interesting to see exactly how if she's just going to build another temp suit or... Right. Which I don't mind seeing another like smart person build their own suit. Because, I mean, like everyone knows who Tony Stark is and what he's done military-wise and weaponry-wise yeah. and all that fun stuff. Yeah, it's... And, like it's cool to see an independent person doing it on their own. Because I, I will give, I will admit, like the suit that she created was only able to be created because she had Wakanda's technology. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess that's fair. Because <laughs> the suit she had back at home in the garage yeah. was a like lower model than the Mark One model that mm. Iron Man built when he was in when in the cave being in person. Yeah, but his wasn't polished either, though. <laughs> It no, covered it, whole, it, it covered his whole body. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair, but well, he's he's got resources that she definitely exactly, does not have. and that's exactly my point. It's like she's nineteen years old. How is she getting these resources to build the first suit? Well, the one thing that did get me, though, for someone who's like so smart, uh, her like her literal home being invaded by uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> When she really, when she feels like she's being attacked, she uses a speaker. Like, oh, you don't yeah. think she has any weaponry <laughs> anywhere in that room? <laughs> yeah, I know. You would think she would have built something else to give her an edge. Right. Well, someone as smart as that. Yeah. I'm using a speaker. <laughs> she's going to throw a, sp- and then she knows who they were, too. Yeah. She instantly recognized who they were. And she's gonna throw a speaker at them. <laughs> yeah, that's that'd be just... me though under pressure and be like, <laughs> <laughs> "That's just more dumb movie logic that I think this movie's kind of plagued with." Some of the decision making. Just... I think it was more for comedic effect. Yeah, it was just kind of throw it in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah. the screaming goats. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> I laughed at him every time, but yeah. <laughs> I I will admit, um, the uh. The CIA agent, I forget his name already. Everett Ross. Everett Ross. Ross got done dirty through this whole thing. Because he's just trying to prevent war between two nations. Mm. And they just kind of, they apparently bugged him. Which that didn't make any sense either. When would they have bugged him? Or how, like, what did they say they bugged? It sounded like they said they bugged the beads. Or did I mishear that? I don't know. <laughs> like you're the Wakandans bugging him? Or? No, it was their the his his ex wife. Oh, his yeah. ex wife bugged him apparently. Something like I think she implied that they saw the beads at the scene first or something. I don't know. Yeah, that part didn't really. Okay, no, that think, might have been. Yeah, because I think they know his relation with them. So knowing him coming onto a scene like that where it involved. Uh, Wakanda and everybody. I'm sure they are. But see, and then that's the whole thing too. Why is the CIA trying to make that nation their enemy? Resources. They yes. want it. <laughs> yeah, true, because his wife did have the line where he's like, could you imagine what would happen if America was the sole controller of Vibranium? And she was like, I would love that. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's what I think a whole lot of um, the mental state of every every country is like, we are not safe unless we're the strongest one there. Right. Yeah, and that's just even more said to think about, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Can't learn to live in peace with nobody. I mean, to be fair, the other thing that I thought was, was the strongest nation. They're trying to say that Wakanda is the strongest nation. My, my take on that is like, well, no, there's a way stronger power and they protected your realm for years. That was Asgard. But after saying it out loud, when I thought about it before, I was like, oh, wait, they're all dead, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. And that's, like, it's kind of, look at that. Asgard was the strongest. But and then, now they have fallen. But then Ragnarok happened. Yeah. <laughs> what did you uh, think of the conclusion? So we have the whole setup between the fight the with f- uh, Wakanda and the Tal something. Tal- Tal- something. I thought you were going somewhere else. I'm like, what movie are you? The, the Taliban. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of their name. That's why I've just been calling them fish people. <laughs> Keep wanting calling them Mayans. 
Um, Aztec is actually what they were. Talokan, yeah. Talokan. So yeah, you have the the final conflict with the Wakandans and the Talokan, Namor's people. Which, the first, like, invasion of Wakanda I thought actually was pretty cool. Like, you get the water starting to flood the streets, and then those water bombs start going off. And that scene I thought was great. Although I would have liked some explanation on how they're getting into Wakanda so easily. Like, do they just not shield underwater? Possible. (laughs) Which is even weirder, because they know what they're up against, and they were, like, supposedly keeping an eye for that. Right. When... Everybody had gotten back, but yet they still didn't look yeah, in like, the water. They all made it in apparently super easy because they were all like in Wakanda. Like very I said, quick. though, like <laughs> their defense system, their army was not as strong as they were making it out to be yeah. compared to the first one. The first one, they, I mean, the first one, the first Black Panther, we saw dozens of different groups from of Wakandans. They were like the different factions. Mm-hmm. They all had their own abilities. They had the uh, ponchos that were all made out of like vibranium and had shields built into them. Right. Um, I can't remember his name either. The um, the big guy, the guy who uh, lived in the mountains. Joe something. Yeah. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> Where are you at? Mbaku. Mbaku. His character, his whole group was like meant to be strong, built men that had also. Uh, vibranium technologies that helped them. Mm-hmm. No one had anything. Dude was using a stick the entire time, and it wasn't even made of vibranium. I think the the ball on it maybe was at least later not in a, the movie. Not in the first part yeah. though. When they first invaded, it was just a wooden one because mm-hmm. when he went to hit it, it just broke oh, yeah, apart. True. I think that's his tribe's thing though. It's like he refers to it as the oak. It's supposed to be super strong, not vibranium strong, but. A different that, kind of story. That's another thing, too. Vibranium's also not supposed to break super easily, and they were breaking it left and right. Well, Where did it break? Um, most of the, A lot of times that I wasn't sure at first, but I like they, they did admit that his spear was made of vibranium. Oh, um, yeah. Because they also had vibranium. Yeah. Like the Talokan. Talokan had vibranium. Um, their mm. spears were made of it. Although... Um, his one of his commanders, the guy that was fighting the like hammerhead shark dude. Yeah, his <laughs> axe I don't think was vibranium at first. Mm. At least his head, the headpiece might have been, but I think that got broken at one point, or it wasn't like you. It wasn't breaking other things like it should have been. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah. So you have that first conflict and then later on in the movie they get another fight but this time Wakanda kind of takes the fight to them this is where it logically didn't make a lot of sense to me because like if you struggled on land against them why would it then be better to take a boat and try and fight them like in the water yeah the other (laughs) thing too is they literally kept doing the same things that they did like they the what is it tall talokan talokan had sonic power apparently yeah, so there's a that, few scenes that hinted these people like enchanting people they could, to they walk could into the water. Sing and then make them walk to the water. Very siren like. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was <laughs> so cool, cool, but it's like, how did they get that power too? Maybe they just. Is, is, the, is their plant just way better than the heart plant? I like to think that they learn how to communicate with the whales. <laughs> that's another thing. Like, they must have had some kind of sonic ability because yeah. that's how they were actually able to communicate with yeah. the whales. Maybe it's just something they got from the herb they all drank initially. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm just curious on that. But, so you have that first initial fight. They have that ability where they even start using it in the city, which... Again, they probably should have had preparations for that. Mm. I feel like everybody should have, like, especially the emergency team, would have all forms of precautions. Yeah, I think that one, because I don't think they really expected them to just, like, invade the city like that out of nowhere, though. Yeah, which is weird, because they were told that they were going to do I it. I think too. it was just arrogance, them being like, no, nah, no one could just show up here and fight us out of nowhere. <laughs> So yeah, I like the first combat scene. The the boat one, not as much. That's where you move more towards the conclusion. And they were literally about to lose that fight had, yeah. if it had not been for Siri winning. Siri. <laughs> Shuri. Shuri. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so Shuri, there is a cool thing they do because they learn Nemor like, gets his strength from the water. So she traps him in one of their ships and it, 
evaporates the air around him to weaken him, which I thought was cool. And then, but then he had vibranium spear. Yeah, so he just kind of stabs the ship, and then the ship blows up. (laughs) And you do get the final fight with uh, Shuri in the Black Panther suit uh, against Namor, which I thought was a good fight. Um, It did wrap up a little abruptly because there's the part where he's just walking to the water after he stabs Shuri with the spear. Yeah, he hadn't been in any water for like that whole time, which you would have thought. Oh, my! the ship I was trapped in blew up. Let me dive into the water right. real quick, <laughs> refresh, and go fight. Yeah, but then, uh, so Shuri gets stabbed, and then she breaks the spear and, like, climbs off of it and does this, like, acrobatic jump in front of him to stop him from getting to the water. But then she does, I, I kind of hate this scene because it's one of those dumb moments where it's like, oh, they said the title, where she's like, Wakanda forever, and then makes the jet on the ship go off to burn his back. Which I thought kind of abruptly closed the fight out. I don't know. I didn't love it. I don't hate it, though. It's whatever. Yeah, <laughs> The fight just kind of... Like, um, I get that she was... She had the hard herb ability. Yeah. So she had super strength. His was already looking way stronger still. Mm. And I feel like she kind of only won, though, because she pulled a spear out of her stomach mm. and had plot armor to walk forward enough and burn him with the, burn him the with jet a, engine. With a jet engine that <laughs> luckily still worked. Yeah, it did seem a little convenient for sure, but I get that they got to close it out somehow. Uh, I feel like those flashes could have been a little better. Yeah. Like edited better, just in my opinion on that. That yeah. was like, because they did way better uh, like visuals for the first Black Panther for those. The transitions were weird. Yeah. I did notice that. Because transitions sometimes would just jump to one thing, especially when they were starting the montage of uh, Shuri trying to figure out the hard herb and everyone building their suits and everything. Mm -hmm. Like, at first just starts talking and she was, like, angry. And then they were um, having everybody kind of move up into the mountains. All of a sudden it's just jumping to... Shuri doing something and it's going back yeah. and forth, back and forth. And it just felt like the jumping was a little too much. Yeah. And just not very well edited. True. I mean, visually, like, it didn't have any moments for me, like, the third act of the first Black Panther with the CGI suit fight that I, like, we talked about in our top five MCU that I wasn't a huge fan of. I'm glad they moved away from that in this movie. Yeah, no CGI suit fight for this one. Because if you think about it, like, Shuri in the Black Panther suit doesn't get a lot of runtime. It's really just that kind of final throwdown. And it looked fine. I didn't not, think it looked not, bad. Not to totally critique it. She just looked very uh slim. Yeah. <laughs> it, it it looked like a uh, like a black stick was kind of running around. <laughs> God, <you> can't <laughs> Cancel. <laughs> Cancel. <laughs> it's a black suit. <laughs> well, she's just a naturally skinny woman, you know. Yeah. But like I was that, saying, like I uh, said though, editing wise looked bad <laughs> right. for the suit. Yeah, but uh, like I was saying earlier, so the one thing I did like at the end of the first Black Panther is a uh, T'Challa does give Killmonger the option to yield and live. You know, mm-hmm. so at the end of this movie where she gets that ancestral connection with her mom and she says, "Show him who you are." She gives Namor the option to yield and live, and that she even says, like, we'll help protect your nation, all that good stuff, and he does agree to yield. Did you guys like that uh, conclusion to it? or? I mean, yeah. It was a good conclusion, and then, of course, you still see Narmer uh, talk about how he's like, oh, I can still use this, because... Uh, the other nations are still going to go attack Wakanda and their resources. Right. They're going to prep for it, because they're going to want it, and... They're going to need our help. Yeah, I don't think... Because he... At the very end, when uh, one of his main, like, co-fish people was like, Why did you... Why did you yield? I can't imagine you yielding to someone so inferior. And yeah, he does give the argument, like, Wakanda has no allies, which they kind of do, because they have the outreach centers. So, like, they're actively helping people, and people are aware of them. So I can't imagine... Like, yes, you do have some of the foreign nations going after them, like in the beginning where it's revealed that the the French foreign leaders were already trying to get the vibranium. But yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm assuming Namor, Nemo will will show back up at some point. Mm -hmm. But I think it was a solid conclusion. 
But let's go ahead and move into our final ratings here. Uh, kind of like I mentioned earlier, I think the movie is largely okay. It's definitely not as bad as some of the other movies we've gotten from Phase 4. So I, I think we're ending Phase 4 on a decent note, but for me it's probably like a 7 out of 10. Not bad. Not great. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I still give it a 6. Yeah. <laughs> and Brianna? I give it a solid goldfish extra cheddar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's, it's good. <laughs> That's the best goldfish. <laughs> just like standard goldfish? It's no cheese it, but it's a goldfish. Yeah, I it's think bad. compared to how bad Phase 4 has been, we're not ending on, on like as bad of a note as we can be. I think it's much better than Doctor Strange and Thor and Eternals, in my opinion. I think it beats all those movies out. But for me... It's probably like the third or fourth for me from this phase. Cause I, like, don't, I don't really feel like I have a rating for any of them. Yeah, I mean, Shang-Chi and Spider-Man would definitely be up in my top two. It's it The third spot, I feel like that would either be Black Panther or Black Widow, even though I'd, I'm not a huge fan of either of the movies. That's just kind of how meh this phase has been for me. But yeah, so not the best way to close the phase out, in my opinion, but at least ending on a better note than we did with uh, Thor and Doctor Strange. But that pretty much wraps it up today. So if you made it this far, we just want to thank you for taking the time to check out our show, and hopefully we'll keep you interested as we release further episodes. But uh, that being said, if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, we're also on YouTube. And with that, we hope to catch you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Ciao. <laughs> <laughs>